0: Men and women, are they equal or different? Are there differences in roles or in responsibilities? What does the Bible have to say about men and women and the differences between us?
1: This is Considerate, where we are considering questions regarding life theology and the church. Consider it is a ministry of Redemption
0: Bible Church in New Braunfels, Texas. Do you have questions regarding life theology or the church? If so, text the word REDEMPTION and your question to 830-299-7505. Again, that's 830-299-7505, and we will consider your question.
1: To learn more about our church and our ministry here, visit redemption.bible.
0: I'm Michael Hawkins. And I'm Blair Cushman. Let's consider it.
1: We've got another question,
0: Blair? Yes, we do. What is the difference between complementarianism and patriarchy? What is the difference between complementarianism and patriarchy? I like this question. Short. It's actually a little unusual, not what you expect in this conversation, right?
1: That's right. Yeah, usually it's kind of the other end of
0: egalitarianism. Right, yeah. Normally it's the the question of complementarianism versus egalitarianism. That's usually what occupies... uh, Conversations in this realm, and if these terms are are new to you, really, it's a discussion about the differences between uh, men and women, particularly in marriage, um, and and are we equal or different, or how all that shakes out, and uh, and yet this question submitted is not about egalitarianism. This is actually on the opposite side right. of the patriarchy, um, and and I think just to kind of help give kind of some clarity as to the realm of this. If you picture it like a a dial or a gauge on your dashboard, your car, as you're looking forward to it. If you on one side, you know, horizontal, let's say on the far left side, if the arrow is pointing all the way down, you have egalitarianism, and all the way on the far right, uh pointing horizontal would be patriarchy. And if we're a straight vertical uh, I would say, is the idea of true biblical manhood or womanhood and complementarianism. Right. And so kind of picture that in your mind. And so really, we're dealing with just one side of the <laughs> dial today. Um, whereas, you know, if we're just going to like right up front, give some definition here, complementarianism is the belief that men and women are equal in value, both created in the image of God, like Genesis, you know, describes men and women equal and uh, equally created in the image of God, yet different or distinct in their, uh, in their makeup and in their role or responsibility. Yeah. I like that word distinct. Yeah. It's, uh, it's just a, a helpful picture, even as we think about yeah. the, the Trinity yeah.
1: and having one God with three distinct yeah. persons. And so that that word distinct really helps to yeah. to bring some
0: clarity into this yeah. um, into the discussion, right? And so, if we're gonna boil it down, it's just like men and women equal but distinct. And I I think that's really at the core of the Bible's message here. And so that's really where the idea of complementarianism comes in, that men and women complement one another, coming together to different, uh, 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 you know, genders here, a man and a woman that coming together in marriage are complementing each other and together being uh, a a more beautiful picture of uh, the image of God. Right. And just like you said, it really boils down back to the uh, down to the Trinity and our belief. Here's one God, three distinct persons uh, with, uh, you know, all equal in their deity, all equal in their power, but distinct in their role and how they act and how they interact with humanity. The Father orchestrates and is the sovereign one. The uh, the Son, the Savior, is the one who uh, who did the work, who uh, who you know who came and actually executed the Father's will. You know not. Like an execution, like murder, but you know, actually did the work of God, and Fulfilled. this, yeah, that's right, and fulfills. And the Spirit is the one who affects the change, who applies it, and and uh, motivates and con- encourages and convicts in us, and that's all God working one, but uh, they're you know equal but distinct in how they act and mm-hmm. and their responsibility and their role and all that. And so, God in His wisdom. Creates humanity with just a little piece of understanding that, right, That's within right. marriage and within men and women, uh, men and women. I think even as
1: we think about being created in His image, mm-hmm. you know, this is just another unique and precious way that God has yep. instilled
0: part of who He is in us as humans. Right. Right. It's 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 a beautiful picture of the image of God when we really like step back and look at it and then see what God has done and how we see that unfolding in the in the Bible, and uh, it's what we you know hold to here at Redemption as a church. It's you know what we believe and teach about men and women and particularly with uh, in within marriage. The problem is God creates humanity like that. We see this in Genesis one and two, but then what happens in Genesis three? The false. yes, the false sin <laughs> enters the world, and all that gets jacked up, yeah. right? All that all that gets jacked up. Eve is deceived. Adam stands by, you know, apathetically, abdicating his role, allows his wife to, come, you know, fall into the sin. And then Adam has, you know, the curse and has to work the land by the sweat of his brow. The thorns and thistles and the weeds and all the things that we hate on this earth are uh, just constant reminders of that. Eve's cursed her pain in childbearing. Now, pregnancy, the gift of life, the 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 beautiful uh, role and unique and distinct responsibility given to woman to uh, bear children is now a painful experience. Or she is now like desiring her husband's place and to lead. And obviously, Satan is cast down, and the serpents and snakes. And now that we see is just a reminder of all these. Uh, of all these things. And so because of that, then this beautiful picture, you know, the vertical on the dial, as we've talked about, has been distorted. That's right. And that's where we get the two opposite, uh, you know, viewpoints. And again, we're like, the focus today is on the patriarchy, because it's this overemphasis, this distortion of the distinction. Yeah. Whereas if we think about it on the other side, the egalitarian is the distortion of the equality. Mm
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. But now it's, you uh, the source of the question here is the distortion of the distinction. And where men using patriarchy would be defined as a, as a domineering sense of manhood that subjugates women as unequal. Right that's really what patriarch is and, and and that's come out in some very uh you know obviously some very uh, harsh and abusive uh, things that we've seen where men being uh, you know iron fisted and leading to the abuse of women and all those things yeah. and that's 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 just categorically wrong that's that that we would uh you know, we would repudiate with everything <laughs> that we have yeah know? absolutely and I think
1: as we think about this gauge this or I think about as a pendulum of sorts mm-hmm. um, obviously that would Negate the, the vertical focus that we're wanting to, to get right. to, but right. the problem that we see even with the patriarchy and the egalitarian is those are the, the extremes on either side right. that are people are trying to combat right. to swing back and forth and so we know that yeah the, the happy place or the, the, the biblical right the, the vertical aspect is going to be that that center focus and really right. what we're wanting to, to bring right. forth today is that biblical manhood and womanhood right. That, right
0: there's kind of a prevalent notion out there amongst in our world today that I'd say in our world today really is it highlights, you know, in the church too, but just in secular society is the egalitarian, especially in the West and other cultures. That's not the case, but in our Western mindset and all that it is a very egalitarian, equal rights, you know, yeah. everything. And, uh, um, and so some of those things in society, you know, women's suffrage and the right to vote and all those things, you know, we champion. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We would say, um, you know, it's on on that side. But, you know, one of the prevalent notions is that but a complementarianism is what leads to patriarchy. Right. Yeah. Which, again, I think we would just reject, say, no, like, here's where vertical is. And on either side, it's a distortion of one or the other. Right. And, you know, focusing over here, that's, like we said, we would repudiate this domineering, Subjugating of women as always having to be silent, as being lesser Mm -hmm. than men, uh, as you know, and especially that leads to forms of violence and things like that. Uh, that's, that's just absolutely wrong, yeah. you know, and unfortunately, it does exist not just within the church but just in society. It's, it's yeah,
1: yeah, it's just so prevalent. Yeah. I, I'm amazed how often, just in my counseling with, with others and, and just talking through a biblical marriage and, and yeah. these distinct rules that yeah. we're, we're getting, at and just how distorted and convoluted mm-hmm. these are just within the, the marriages, even in our, our church, yeah. where you know, the women. You know, or, you know, feel like they they want to be equal, yet they don't feel like the Bible allows them to be, and there's just right. this misunderstanding of what this complementarianism looks like, and so just trying to help bring some clarity bring some to that, clarity. yeah, um, it's it's been
0: interesting, yeah. Um, to, yeah, to just see how prevalent these. And it it's takes also. shape in many ways. You know, we've referred to the, the you know, kind of the physical side of it because, you know, and oftentimes, this isn't always the case, but oftentimes, you know, man's just bigger and stronger and, you know, just by the way that God has designed, you know, many men to be just bigger, you know, yeah. in physique yeah. and uh, and stronger and more agile. And that's not always the case, but yeah. oftentimes it's the case. And so they use their strength to dominate. Sometimes it's just through intelligence, through their eloquence, you know, and how they, you know, they, they. You know, I don't mean this in a degrading way or whatever, but they just might be smarter or whatever, and more able, more logical, and able to reason, and so they use their words to belittle and domineer their wife. Um, that can happen on the other side too. Yep. You know, a woman's bigger or stronger, or you know, more eloquent or, or more logical or rational or whatever, uh, you know, she can do the same uh, to her husband. And and uh, and in neither of those cases are we. Complementing one another, no. reflecting the image of God. You no. know, where does the yeah. son belittle the father? Where does the father, you know, belittle the 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 Holy Spirit? Like, you don't see that. Yeah. In What's interesting is that we see this so often
1: becoming a weapon to mm-hmm. divide, right, rather than to to operate under God's authority and His design to unify, to to strengthen one another. Right. And that's right. that's the, I guess the. The sad part of this whole argument is people have used these things to divide right. and to gain power, to you know, to strive for authority or, or rule yeah. um, instead of operating within it in a, a biblical way yeah. of moving toward unity and strengthening one another, being a suitable helper, being a loving right. leader. It's right. it's gone the opposite extreme of. The domineering, either by the wife or the husband, it's like, right. Oh, you silly buffoon, you don't know anything. Right. You know, the even we see it portrayed in the media now, where right. all of these father figures are you know just silly and right. don't, don't right. know what they're doing, right? Um, and the mom's doing everything, right? Or you have the opposite extreme where you have this meek, mild mannered, you know, woman who's scared to you know, right. say anything at all right. and it's like both of those are just right. so against what God has designed
0: marriage right. to be. Right. So I think the probably in scripture probably the best place where this where where the the complementary where biblical manhood and womanhood in marriage is, is probably most poignantly like put on display I think is in 1 Peter 3. Hmm. I, in in verse seven in this instructions to husbands, where you see both the equality and the and the distinction at play here. And uh and I like this in the first six verses are all to wives, you know, being subject or submissive to their husbands, um, and especially what to do if they don't believe, and uh a very helpful text. But then just in verse seven, like husbands only get one verse. It's like super simple, like, get this men, right? Says, likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as a weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. I love that. I love that verse. And and, and here's why. It shows the uh, the uh, equality, but also the distinction. So look what he says. Husbands, it's perfect instruction there, uh, or specific instruction. Live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor, and then skipping over since they're heirs with you of the grace of life. There's the equality. Husbands, understand, honor. Like, they, they are co-heirs with us in the grace they're not below us they're not beneath us they're they're, they're not they are co-heirs God we are equally created in the image of God and so what we have to remember also is the context of the which the New Testament was written was in a primarily patriarchal uh, society yeah husbands were domineering they were the ones that were smarter faster stronger you know the educated ones and wives were just you know in most cases were just you know another part of the family they were just you know the ones that bore children and you know and there was no relationship no love and so what the bible is doing is actually coming along and elevating women that's right no women are equal they are equally created in image god husbands you need to understand them you need to get in school understand your wife honor them not domineer them,
1: mm-hmm.
0: not overpower them, not outsmart them, but honor them and treat them as an heir, someone on equal terms with you. Yeah. And yet there's also the distinction there that they are the weaker vessel, not a lesser vessel, not a you know, less valuable vessel, but a weaker one, a more fragile one, a, uh, a, a vessel meant to be cared for a vessel meant to protect a vessel meant to uh to treat with uh with love and care yeah and show that just what's what's highlighted there is that is that distinction and just how God has made us different and the instructions both to wives and husbands and to understand and husbands to love your wives and wives you know submit to your husbands and all that and 1 Peter and mm-hmm. Ephesians and Colossians and all that yeah. really then show the distinction of role and responsibility. Yeah,
1: as you were just mentioning, Ephesians, uh, you know, Ephesians 5, when you know, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the words, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing yeah. that she might be holy and without blemish. Right. And so if Christ is giving himself up for the sake of his church to be holy and without blemish, then as husbands if we're going to love our wives in the same way, that should be our desire for our wives, right? To to present them before the Lord in a way that they're holy and so we're we're building them up, we're we're leading them, we're we're using the word to to wash and to encourage and to, to point them to Christ. Right. Um, as we, we steward this relationship that God's given us. Right? That's right. That's right. And so I think just as we think about the, the roles and the quality, uh-huh. it's like our wives are our treasure that we're presenting to the Lord. Right. Holy without blemish
0: is right. our desire. Right. And so. We don't treat our treasure like trash, That's we, right. you know, and just stomp all over it or use it, you know, irresponsibly. Yeah, you know, our wives are a treasure. No, they're not just a resource like that, but it, it, the, there's the, the metaphor. And I'd love that you bring that up because here's the other thing in just a biblical view of manhood and woman, womanhood of this complementarianism is not only is it a picture of our creation taking us back to the Trinity and being created in an image of God, as what Paul brings it here to is it's also a picture of the gospel. That's right. That's why we're saying this is vertical, like this biblical view. We have to maintain it. We have to be careful of the distortions on either side because it's also this picture of the gospel of Christ's love for the church and husbands, we have this role. Christ's love, he sacrificed, he laid down his life. And husbands have that job every single day of dying to self. Dying to our desires. Dying to just the me-centered, me focus. I'm going to do what I want to do and I can do it because I'm stronger, I'm smarter, I'm faster, I'm whatever. You know, I'm the provider, I'm the protector. And no, we lay that down for the good of our wives. That's right. In the same way, wives, like the church, we submit to Christ as our Lord. Mm-hmm. We follow His ways. We trust, even when we don't fully understand, we trust Christ's way as good and perfect and right. We believe that. And wives are picturing that gospel submission of believers to Christ as Lord in marriage as say, okay, well, I am going to joyfully, willingly respond to the leadership that you, God has placed you know over you in my life. That's what a wife says to a husband. And that's different. It's unique, but that's the way God has designed it to work in a way that is harmonious and joy-filled and you know, and the Lord will do his work in the husband's life. That's where it's like, all right, like husbands, you don't have to say, you need to submit to me. Woman, no, that's not our job. It didn't say husbands, tell your wives to submit. No, mm-hmm. you love and lay your life down. And as you do, that will draw in It'll like a magnet will draw your yeah. wife to follow your lead. Yeah, and I love as we think about these distinct
1: responsibilities that they're both mimicking yeah. Christ. Yep. Yeah. You know, yeah. Christ's humility to to submit to the father. And yet his leadership and yeah. and humble authority and it's just right. and so one is not
0: lesser than yeah. the other. They're both mimicking and following our great right. savior and coming together to form that image of God. Yep. Each unique, each distinct in doing that and God is in his great design cause that to be an enhancement uh, to bring light, to shed light yeah. to show the gospel truths, to show these trinitarian truths to our own hearts to show that this is good and to a world around us yeah. and if we distort those things on either side through this domineering patriarchy or this domineering uh, nearing egalitarianism uh, we distort the gospel, we distort biblical truths and uh, and that's that's obviously grievous. Right. That's that's not good. That's that's uh, you know these these are significant things. Because so you might be like, well, what does it matter? You know, well, it matters if when it's a gospel issue. It matters mm-hmm. when it's a biblical faithfulness mm-hmm. issue, um, and it especially matters when people are are being harmed in either side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where you know, a man or a woman are being, uh, on on one side, their role is being diminished and distorted, and nobody's taking lead, nobody's doing things, it's just kind of a catastrophe. And on the other side, in a patriarchy, where someone is being suppressed and subjugated, and another's leading with an iron fist, that's not like like this is... Like people are being harmed on <laughs> both right. sides, and that's, that's obviously not good. Yeah, and I think just practically speaking, and, and how do we
1: walk this out? Yeah. Um, and this is where I think a lot of the times the conversation turns in, in, in counseling and um, say, like, what does this look like as we try to yeah. you know, to live this out? Because as the husband, we're supposed to be leaders, and yet there are specific strengths that, you know, Elizabeth brings to our marriage that I just can't imagine trying to operate without her stepping in and filling these roles. And so, you know, what that looks like is, okay, like I, as the leader, you know, relinquish (laughs) these decisions to her because she's just far more gifted in Mm -hmm. certain aspects. I think about our scheduling. I think about... Our kids and right. education and school and where I have the the final say to do what is best for our family. I have yeah. to lean on her heavily with her wisdom and knowledge and understanding yeah. in those categories t- to help guide and to lead as that
0: suitable helper. For sure. And that's where, like, if you think of the, you know, like marriage, it's not somebody behind or in front. <laughs> it's really alongside. Yeah. You know, it's to. Uh, people a man and a woman a husband and a wife linked arm in arm talking communicating thinking about what's best for the other person encouraging you know and and as you're moving forward it's the husband who's taking the first step yeah. But not just in a, here's where we're going, I'm going, you're like, follow me, honey. Yeah, we're side by side and dragging her along. Like, that's not it. That's an unwilling, unjoyful responsiveness of the wife and an unloving, unjoy not uh, unjoyful, that's not a word, you know, joyless (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, leadership that's insensitive and not, not sacrificial for your wife. You know, it's a linked arm in arm. Okay, here we're going. Yes. All right. I see you. Great. All right. Here we have to go. I'm gonna be the one to take the first step. That's right. And uh, or if we picture it like a dance, you know, in marriage, it, you know, it's often like mm-hmm. a dance. Two dance partners going to the same rhythm, to the same song, following the same steps, yeah. and one is leading, one is responding. And when that's happening in unity together, it's a beautiful thing.
1: Yeah.
0: But when both are trying to lead, you know, and and and. and like it's it's a catastrophe you know it's not a dance you know or if neither is leading you're just standing there then it's like this awkward just kind of like swaying not going anywhere like (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah, like weird and if it's just one person dragging the other person across the dance floor you know then (laughs) then that's just like that's yeah oh but what is a beautiful dance two people working in unison communicating uh feeling the rhythm together but one is leading one is responding and beautiful unity together and then both equal yeah (laughs) both necessary you know this is not a solo act yeah and when it comes together man it's just it's a beautiful gospel-centered thing and I, i just think about the perspectives when we
1: do these things when we live this out properly yeah just the perspective and the the understanding that you know elizabeth brings into the picture is just so helpful because there are just aspects of life that i just with my context my understanding i would just never think about and so part of living with her in an understanding way is to allow her to to speak in to use her wisdom to use this god um, given you know gift and strength and ability that she has in, in certain regards to to help lead and give input and insight for sure um, and to to yeah. trust in that and right. not to feel like okay that's great but now we're going to do it my right. way kind of right yeah. yeah
0: there's where there's no feelings of being threatened or things like yeah. that like that is what's beautiful and that's why it's complementary because you complement one another and God in his kindness brings two people together with various gifts and personalities and strengths and weaknesses and and they complement they come together yeah. like that and and we trust that because here, here's the difference, and especially when we think back like to complementarian and, uh, and patriarchy, is in a true biblical uh, manhood and womanhood that complements one another, both recognize that Christ is Lord. That's right. Christ is the Lord of our life and of uh, this marriage, this relationship— and so uh, this is how we said, you know, one is to lead in love, the other is to, you know, to, to submit and to, to follow, and, and so we trust Christ, and this is his design, these are his instructions, this is how this is lived out, and it's for my good. Patriarchy is where the husband says, I'm the Lord. Mm. Yeah. And a wife, whether she, you know, just follows along or whatever, or she's just subjugated in that way, you know, she's not, okay, he's he's the mm. Lord. And and that's scary. That is scary. That that's scary. Yeah, you know, especially it's like we examine our own hearts. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't want that responsibility. And yet it is. It's so easy. We can get there. I know. You know, we can twist scriptures. We can come to like First Timothy two, and you know, wives. You know, you must be silent. You know, let a woman learn quietly. First Timothy two. Let a woman learn quietly with all submissiveness. I do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over man. Rather, she is to remain quiet, you know. <laughs> for Adam was formed first, then Eve, and Adam was not deceived. But the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. Yet she will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith and love and holiness with self-control. And we read that, and, we, you know, and we're still, like, holding our wives uh, guilty for Eve's sin. Yeah. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Time out here, you know you must be quiet woman I am Lord it, this is your fault this is the, the reason it's like no no time out now time out that's not what he's that's not what he's getting that's a distortion of this verse a right. distortion of God's you know beauty and what we just talked about here yeah. you know what he's coming back to is that order that Place and you know we missed the first verses before that where he's like i desire men every place to lift up holy hands in prayer mm-hmm. like men you be praying that's right It's right. also interesting we didn't get to it but in first peter three the reason we do this so our prayers first, aren't hindered yeah like there's a relationship with the lord thing like we get men we have to get this right because if we don't it's just actually a sign of maybe our relationship with the lord isn't right yeah um and that's that's a scary thing. Like, oh yeah, you can't be if you can't pray with your wife. You're not. That's that's like a thermometer of like of the health of your marriage. He's like men, you need to be praying, not quarreling. Yeah. And then he goes into these things and probably not quarreling with your wife. Don't quarrel with your wife. And then wives in the same way. That's where those get end. Don't quarrel with your husbands over these things if you are smarter and know these things. Like, no, like let's submit, let's learn, let's grow together. And then uh, he comes back to the. You know, he'll come to how this plays out in the church and elders and all those things, but what he's getting at there, and even the misunderstanding women saved through childbearing is actually back to the curse. It's actually, again, a gracious thing, like like we referred to earlier of the as a result of the fall, the pain through childbearing. And so that saved through, or we could uh, say, despite the curse of childbearing Hmm. through the pain. And even despite the curse, that is a constant reminder as women go into labor of the effects of the fall is that no God's grace is still there. It can be saved despite the curse of sin in the same way men can be as they don't, you know, aren't abdicating their role and, and you know, given to their own sinfulness, God's grace still abounds, and uh, He has created a way forward through the beauty of His design, despite the effects of the sin, of the curse and the effects of sin and uh, and the distortions that then happen on either side.
1: Yeah, it's just another beautiful picture of His grace. Yeah. yeah. Right. That while we are constantly battling against it, constantly fighting against. Yeah. God's created order by his grace he continues to carry out his
0: redemptive plan amen amen and it will continue to be so and it continues to play out in the like the the specific scenarios you know and so um, we've kind of just operated at a high level here kind of defining these things showing the importance of it and the differences between the different views here but we you know we're not uh, uh, silly ourselves that to, re- to realize that how this plays out in the you know, myriad of ways in everyday life is maybe a little bit more complex than that. Yeah. And so that's, again, the beauty of the community, beauty of the body of Christ, where we have small groups, people that know us and love us. And we say, OK, here's what it is. I understand God's design in this. But what is the specific application here? Yeah. How do I, as a husband, lead and love my wife in this way that's understanding, that's honorable? and not domineering not lording it over her how do i as a wife follow my husband's lead in this when i disagree with his decision right now how do i communicate and bring this up and how do i trust him how do i trust the lord and uh that's where we uh thank god for community that's right We thank god for his word that shows us how and so where we live known and loved and out in the open with the with the people that god has placed in our lives and uh see what insight that they have to keep us keep us going vertical to keep us from falling into one of these distortions of uh, of how God has designed uh, men and women equal but distinct thanks for tuning in to consider it where we are considering your questions regarding life theology and the church Consider it as a ministry of Redemption Bible Church of New Braunfels, Texas. If you would like to submit a question, text the word REDEMPTION and your question to 830-299-7505. To learn more about our church and the ministry here, visit redemption.bible. Thank you for your support and listening. Join us next time as we consider it.